Uh, I tried being a side dude for a while, and um, side dude is like being a weekend parent, you know? You in charge of fun stuff, and you, you let her complain about the person that's really responsible for her, you know? She didn't like the truth either. We laying in bed one day, and she's like, oh my gosh, we get along so well, why don't we just be together? I'm like, because you a bad girlfriend. I'm not about to be at the house while you laid up with some nigga talking bad about me like you do him now. Good day. It's the best day of the week. Great day to be alive. Great day to get better. I'm K.L. Frierson and welcome to another episode of We Are More Than the Podcast. Y'all, I got a special guest with me. Um, my big cousin. Uh, comedy extraordinaire on his way up. Extremely funny content. Hey, you know what? I'm going to let you introduce yourself, bro. What's up, everybody, man? I am Tyrone, the Fresh Prince of Welfare, <laughs> a.k.a. Okay. Drunken Pender Hughes, a.k.a. Clark Kent with a dark tent. And I'm up here with my cousin on the podcast about to talk some trash. Yeah, let's <laughs> do it, man. What's been going on, cuz? How you been? How you living? Yeah, I've been I've been okay, man. I've been um living better now. It feels um um intentional. Okay. It feels intentional now. Okay, hold on. Let's let's dive into that. You you uh you already went there. Let's let's go into it. So you say you live in intentional now. What's yeah. uh what's that all entail? Well, it, it really started with the comedy. Okay. And I saw that it was something I was kind of good at. And then it became uh, a passion, something precious. Okay. So I don't know. I've never felt really felt this way towards um a career or an activity before. So it um it made me move different. Okay. You know, like I'm concerned about integrity now and, you know, the people around me as far as my reputation and things like that. So comedy pulled all that. So, yeah. okay. All right. But comedy's so, making me a serious person. Okay. All right. So um, how long have you been, been doing this comedy thing? I've been doing comedy seriously for about a year and a half. Okay. And yeah. September 11th, 2021 was my start date. So you, so you blew up. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so you had your five minutes together in no time. You're gonna be ready for the stage. I'm gonna lead the jokes up to you. <laughs> yeah, because like um and and like I watch a lot of comedy, um and I I didn't realize that you did comedy until I was stumbling across the page, and I'm like, oh, you know, town stage. Like, what's 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 going on? And I'm listening. I'm like, oh, he crazy, crazy. Like uh, <laughs> like. The one that I, I saw today was uh, the trans bathroom and you compared it to uh, civil rights <laughs> and, and yeah. then ended up saying, yeah, uh, happy black history month. <laughs> but yeah. that, I thought that bit was hilarious. And I see you doing a world tour in Cleveland. Yes, all yes. Cleveland. <laughs> all the Cleveland, all the Cleveland, man. Coming to the city near you. Right. So what what made you what made you jump into comedy? Like I. Yeah. What made you jump into it? Well, I was always kind of funny as a kid, but, you know, you, you, you grow up, you see Richard Pryor and, you know, Martin Lawrence. You know, I could never uh, imagine trying to do that, you know? Right. But um, before I was doing this, I was in the funeral business. Really? And yeah, yeah. And the funeral business kind of gave me confidence because I'm like, well, 
if I got people laughing on pretty much the worst day of their life, drunk people in a bar should be pretty easy. Okay. I got you. I got mm-hmm. you. So, so I know you said, you know, listening to prior Martin Lawrence growing up, how did, uh, like, like who really influenced it? Like, I, I don't want to say like, whose style do you kind of emulate because you're Tyrone. So there, there's no styles that you're emulating, but who's, who's one of those that you, you really kind of study. And now it's been one of those. All right. So let me see how I can do this, but put my thing on it. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, um, my pastor, the honorable Patrice O'Neill. Oh, <laughs> you saw the face just now. I, I like saw it. Pastor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Huge but he, um, this, this his whole philosophy of telling the truth. Okay. And not being afraid to challenge, you know, especially in cancel culture times, like having a thoughtful way to have this discussion about these difficult things. Cause that's what comedy has always been about. It's like a spoonful of sugar so we can have this hard talk, you know? Right. Right. It's the, uh, the fun sandwich method. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we're going to, we're going to make you laugh. But we really, really, really going to dive into some deep issues. And I like rest in peace, Patrice O'Neill, but I was a huge fan of his. I even yeah. uh, used to follow this dude that caught slack for uh, taking some of his concepts and he was making his own YouTube videos about uh, uh, this guy. Hot damn. I rock is uh Kane Carter was his, is his name. But yeah, uh, I think I heard about that guy. Yeah. But they they ran him through the mud like pretty bad. But like he was he was spot on. But I knew it came from the school of Patrice. Yeah, when I was watching it. So. But yeah, as long as he was doing something different, Patrice himself even said that, you know, don't tell me what you read, you know, tell me the book you read and then expound upon what you learned. You know, I got you. I got you. So. I know that we spoke a little bit offline. Uh, You started off in this podcast world. Yeah. Yeah. What happened with that? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) kind of dive into that. (laughs) It was. um. The name of the show was He's Tyrone. He's okay. Tyrone. And um, I, I was like you. I was editing. I was doing all that myself, man. So I even had um, intros like previously on He's Tyrone. And I'll have a little I clip. do that or previously <laughs> on We're on one of the podcasts. So yeah. Yeah. So I had that. And uh, it was just going. And it was like half um, podcast, half talk show. I had like segments. And then I, I would have games for the the, the guests that was there. Like we had my one guy, uh, Crazy Eight the Great. He is a comic book nerd, right? Okay. In all, with all compliments, right? So I played, um, name that tune, but it was all superhero themes to see if he can guess it, you know? And I okay. went back to like Danny Elfman, Batman, and you know, the original Superman theme is stuff. But he, was, he, he did good. He did good. Okay. But, but that's not the point. But yeah, I, I was trying to encompass the whole thing into this show, but um, just didn't have the right team with me. I got you. So you were making it a production. So yeah, it, it, it wasn't just one it, sort of like like we are more than the podcast. Uh, it started off two black dudes, different sides of the track uh, is continuing with two black dudes from different side of the track um, going through life experiences. What? Uh, damn, take two life experiences. And in us talking about those, realizing that we're more alike than we are different as in how we deal with things. So that kind of exploded into parranting and who's the goat, Michael or LeBron, King James mm-hmm. for sure. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. 
Man, we gonna talk about it. Homie. Yeah, we'll we talk, talk about it. Yeah. yeah, it was Kobe's blueprint. Magic Johnson was LeBron's blueprint. I feel that. Yeah, I feel that. So. And, and, and LeBron came in with the most tools in the bag of any player right. I've ever seen. Right. And yeah. came in with the most pressure than any player. Yeah. And and lived up to it. Lived Eventually. To it. Yeah. Eventually. I mean, you know, Jordan couldn't get past the Pistons either. It took yeah, it took him a while. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's one of those things, and and like from even from sports to relationships, and I mean, we just get on here and we have a a good time. Like um, a few episodes back, we were talking about uh, Prime and him leaving the HBCU, and then um, Ed Reed going to a HBCU, and then from him doing that, pretty much telling black people stop giving excuses, let's start getting solutions for these HBCUs. As you can mm-hmm. see, the HBCU I rep is Hillman College, which is not That's a real that. one. <laughs> no, it is. It is. I went there without Dwayne and Ron. We right. was in class together. <laughs> Me and Ron pledged Alpha Phi Alpha together. So that, that was <laughs> That's the thing. But um, yeah, man. So it it grew and it's still growing. And now, you know, now I'm reaching out to make sure that the the audience that I have can also see you know, my fam can see other people. I've been trying to get, uh, I don't know if you've heard of her, Aisha Alpha. She's another comedian. Uh, okay. She started on Degrassi and like she does some acting and stuff. And I've been trying to get her on. She's got this um, special out called uh, All the Parts. But mm. yeah, we'll we'll see what we can do there. But okay. so when you're writing your material, do you write all your material? Let me ask you that. Yeah, look, here's, I, I just I just cleared it up, but okay, look at my cop style uh, <laughs> comedy okay. board. Okay, that's what's up. How do you come up with it? Because I've always been curious as to the the mind of a comedian. Like, how do you come up with some of these things, and how do you have that third eye to make it funny? You know, um, it, well, I started off wanting to talk about all the stuff that you weren't supposed to, mm-hmm. especially starting in the middle of cancel culture. So okay. I'm like, I'm about to, I'm about to find a nuanced way to talk about stuff, you know? So I got this one. I'd be like, um, I'm scared of tall women. I met this tall woman in a loud bar. I thought she said she was a trainee. Damn. Oh, like that dude didn't even work. There. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? oh, my God. I'm sorry. oh boy. But it's usually yeah. about stuff. Most of my jokes come from arguments I've had. Okay. And somewhere somewhere in there I find the joke. Okay. Cuz that yeah. I, I just think that that third eye for comedy is amazing, especially you saying that you started off in the funeral home business. Uh still there? Yeah. Okay. How's that going? It's cool. I'm I'm really tapering off. Okay. Like um Yeah, I really only probably only do like the grief counseling now. I haven't embalmed or directed a funeral in so long. Okay. How'd you get into that, bro? My my family up here. Fair enough. I grew up living in a funeral home, so I was okay. never not used to it. You ever use them as your audience when you're doing comedy? Oh, yeah. All the time. They're usually pretty dead, though. <laughs> oh, <No. laughs> this guy. <laughs> if you throw it off the glass, I got to dunk it. Yeah, Come this, on. this guy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like that's. I I don't know. OK, so so you went from embalming and and those things so now you do grief counseling yeah. how how was that transition oh the grief counseling is the part of the business i like okay 
the bombing's cool. The event planning part of the funeral directing is cool, you know, but the pulling people out that dark place, that's what I loved about okay. funeral business. Okay. I can I can see how that applies to comedy. So, I mean, you're equipped. <laughs> you're, yeah, yeah. you're equipped with it. Do you I trained have, under the harshest conditions. Yeah. Uh, needless to say. Now, do you have any jokes about the funeral business? Mm. Oh, yes. So I'll say um, before comedy, I was a funeral director and embalmer. I still live at a funeral home to this day. So, ladies, you might as well let me see it now while it's warm, because oh, I will shit. see it eventually. Oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, All roads lead to me. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, yeah, I got to book a trip to Cleveland, man. Like, because, oh, that's that's ignorant, dog. <laughs> what the? F- okay. that something wrong with you. Yeah. A little you might bit. as well let me see it while it's warm. Because I will see it eventually. Yeah. oh god that's that's that ain't right that is i'm really working on the funeral home part of it okay like most of my stuff has been about um relationships all right so i always tell this i've I've, uh, been in 17 relationships in my adult life including my ex-wife so that's so i I fall in love like once a year you know so i just most of my material comes from there too ah that's bad off. I uh, I just admitted to my wife that um, I've bought, I purchased three rings. So her and I, we were together before and then I purchased a ring and then we broke up before I could ever propose. Then a relationship following, I purchased a ring and she showed her true colors shortly thereafter. And then I purchased a ring again. Like I wasn't even dating my wife when I proposed to her. So it was one of those um Shakespeare would say to be or not to be. Tom and Jerry would say, is you is or is you ain't. So it was one of those, we either going to do this or we not going to do this. Let's, let's figure it out. So, but um, yeah, man, relationships are, it's tough. Like I'm, I'm glad to be on this side, even though you back in the free world, you, you out here in the streets. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I have, but you know, I've, I've been um, frivolous with my penis my whole life, man. <laughs> I, just, just whatever, you know, just, sure. Why not, baby? Let's try it. Oh God. But, but I'm at a point now, I don't know. I'm looking for something more. And okay. may, maybe all the comics I look up to are married. So maybe that has something to do with it. But it's like I got more direction in my life. So I know where I'm going. So I know what I need. To to accessorize that, you know okay. what I mean, or to, to to help make that happen. I got you. Okay, so yeah. I know that um, what's my guy Corey Holcomb? He mm-hmm. comes he comes cut off the same cloth as Patrice. Yeah, as far as just just telling the truth, he ain't married. Well, I guess he is technically still married, but he's not married. Mm-hmm. So, so who is it that you look up to that's that's married? Oh, the goat, uh, Dave Chappelle. Ah, uh, my guy. Top, see, that's one goat that we can agree on. Yeah, <laughs> that's one I, goat for sure. You you can't be a fan of comedy and not like what Dave Chappelle does. You'll be surprised, bro. There's a lot of people that are not Dave Chappelle fans who who love comedy, and I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. They're already turned off when they they don't hear the joke. Yeah, but Dave Chappelle's smart comedy too. I I'll, I'll say that uh, he's a uh, he's very very intelligent. And he makes the jokes out of the things that are obvious. Like mm-hmm. when, he, um, when he was doing the Chappelle show, 
he said uh, the whole Miss Cleo skit that he did. And he was like, I don't know, y'all. I got a nagging suspicion that this bitch ain't Jamaican versus <laughs> saying that, you know, she ain't psychic. And I've always been a fan of that kind of comedy. Like, mm-hmm. even when he was younger coming up and he mentioned the whole, um, I went out to Compton and they had yards. And he made a whole bit from them having yards and what's supposed to be the toughest hood in America. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, this guy is, he's, he's genius and is kind of walking you, you through that. So See, that's, that's the same style as uh, Bill Cosby or um, a Seinfeld. Right. You know, it's the um, elevation of the ordinary. Right. And I've never gotten into Seinfeld, but I, I see you, you do a lot of your work. Yeah. Yeah. You do a lot of studying. Like, you, you know, I, I'm not a fan of Seinfeld, uh-huh. but I, I'm not a fan of him as a, as a, something I would watch to entertain me, but I can, I can see the technique. Okay. I can see the, the, the work he put into it, you know? Okay. I got you. So being funny as a kid, growing up, funeral home, being able to make people laugh when they're going through those kind of things, what are you looking to, to get out of comedy? Oh, like my ultimate goal? Yeah. Oh, dude, I want to be in the conversation. Just like okay. we brought up Pryor and Chappelle and all them. Okay. I want to be, like, don't forget about Ty. Like, even if I'm not, if I end up in like a Jada Kiss type spot, where I'm okay. like not top you. tier, but I'm respected. I, I'm I'm okay with that. Okay. But I'm shooting for the top. So how's the uh how's the booking and stuff going? It's going okay. Like I'm at a point now where I'm getting steady paid work. Okay. It's still not enough to live off of, but you know, you gotta start somewhere. I got you. Mm-hmm. I got you. It that just seems like such a and I and congratulations to you, proud of you cuz for for cracking that but it seems like such a hard thing to get into especially when you're dealing with a lot of these uh what do you call the uh the guys that just do skits like on oh the, the internet the, the, the internet the, the, the internet people yeah but i'm a, I'm a purist so i'm like if you call yourself a comedian you got to go get on stage okay. you know if you if you're a rapper you got to write lyrics you know like i'm okay. just yeah i got you so in, any music you dabble in like do you other than listen oh yeah i used to um, <laughs> my old rap persona was uh dick dastardly it was just sex drugs and hip-hop that was all i rapped about i mean come on man boy boy so I, <laughs> so how did that how did that go yeah uh you know at the time when i started i i, I was always i've always been a dope writer like my pen game is crazy okay but at the time i didn't have rapper confidence so it sounded okay. very much like me reciting a speech mm. on the track. <laughs> I got you. But um, yes, yeah, but actually, since I've been doing comedy, I've been throwing bars in there here and there. Just, um, you know what I'm saying? Like somebody going to get these lyrics. I wrote them. So. Right. so might as well not continue to sit on them. Yeah. I got you. I got you. How, have you bombed yet? Oh, yeah. How you would have to. walk me through that experience and like, did you did you bomb and you quit and walked off stage or did you say it, we here yeah all right so so the first time i ever did stand up i did great okay like too great i was just you know i got this figured out on my first try i know everything there is to know about comedy watch okay. this <laughs> <laughs> and it, it wasn't until my fourth time doing it to where i bombed and it wasn't even booze it was just silence I'm like, dang, I, I had wrote stuff for the booze. I'm like, how do I fight nothing, Lord? I don't know who to, <laughs> who to attack. 
<laughs> and so, uh, the first time it happened, I just walked off stage, punked out. This is not for me. Ran off. How far were you into it? Um, two minutes out of a five minute set. Okay. So I, most, I, I left most of it out there on the floor. I left most of it to, to finish. And I went home and I'm just in my head starting shit with myself. Like, punk at, why the hell did you get off? You should have just stayed. You could have beatboxed the rest of the time or whatever, you know, just in my head and starting shit. And um, went back. But, but the, the bombing made me take it serious. Okay. You know, and anytime, and, and now it, it still happens, but anytime you're working out new material, you're probably going to bomb. Okay. It's like, it's like you want to be a, a fighter, but you don't want to get hit in the face. Yeah. Like you plan for it not to happen, but it's probably going to happen. Yeah. Mike Tyson said it best. Everybody got to plan until they get hit. So you get hit. It's like, yeah. oh, <laughs> I got you. So that was, that was the first time bombing. Yeah. So have you, and I'm, I'm sure you have, you bombed where you just finished it out and was just like, you know what? I'm here. I'm working these things out. We gonna see something, or it's yeah. only been one person in the crowd laughing, and you. Oh just, yes, I'm gonna just cater to that person. Yes, Damn everybody. Like, Thank else. you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Damn. So, how many times have you said, you know what, this ain't for me. I quit. Oh, never. Okay. After that first bomb, and I decided to go back. It was like, whatever comes with it, let's do it. Okay. All right. So at least you ain't no. You ain't no punk about it. Hell no. You can't be, man. Like, okay. and look, look, going up there is scary anyway. Forget trying to be good. Just going up there by yourself first off is scary, but it's all in facing that fear every day and doing it, you know? The great philosopher Kanye West said, said uh, wait, wait when he's on stage, it's him versus everybody. Mm. So he was talking about... um the athletes getting shoe deals and he goes, I should have a shoe deal. Um, he said, I'm, I'm the perfect person to have a shoe, a shoe deal because when they're playing, it's five on five or they're playing one on one. When I'm up there on stage, it's me versus everybody. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. And mm. then shortly after that, Kanye became. Jesus. Ye- yeah. I, that, uh, whoever he is right now uh, is, is, is who he became. So um, <laughs> it's uh it's tough sledding for Kanye. So um, just so the fans know, you are a Cleveland Browns fan. Um, By default, man. Yeah. Yeah. So so what team do you actually root for then? Oh no, just the Browns. Just oh, the Browns, shit. man. And that's really home team affiliated. So you're a diehard Browns. It just feel like 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 um, you know what I'm saying? I feel like a ba- like a baby mama and like. This nigga ain't never gonna marry me, but we've been together this long. Oh. I'm just gonna ride it out with him. Might as well stay. That's how I am with the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> right. Like yeah. it's yeah. us, baby. Come on. Right. The only the only difference is Tennessee, I was I've been a fan of the Titans since they've been the Houston Oilers. So when they left and then married Tennessee and then broke up, I got back with them. So I just I just followed Houston to Tennessee. And we've been there ever since with the whole. I see, that was my team, the Oilers, back with our Warren Moon. Okay, yeah. See, uh, my dad, little known fact, to uh, tutored Earl Campbell when he was in college. Mm. So that that was one of those. Okay, cool. My mom from Houston, she chose the Cowboys because they were winning. My dad <laughs> tutored Earl Campbell. I was like, oh well, you know, I gotta, you know, he tutored Earl. That's who I'm a roll with. 
So um, not that I've ever seen Earl Campbell play. I have seen Warren Moon play. I'm 38. So I I think Earl was done when when I started really liking football. But so back to the Browns. (laughs) Deshaun Watson. This has been a topic on my pod a few times. I just want to know your thoughts about Deshaun, the football player first. And then I want to get your thoughts about Deshaun, the human being. I bet you, I bet you, you don't want none. You know you're messing with the wrong ones. Now watch out. Keep talking, I'm going to give you some. Just keep running and running and running.